Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. Uh, I am your host. I'm joined today by my old sidekick, my mate, um, Gunnar Hilsey, Trev. Uh, I'm also joined by, from the Guna fanzine, journal uh, Dan, journal uh, Mounty, Dan Mountney from um, the, the Guna fanzine, who's been on here several times before. And we're going to just talk about the fallout of the transfer window um, and what our hopes are for the, the remainder of the season. Dan, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm all good. Thanks for having me. It's been a while. Good to be back. Yeah, it is good to be back. Good Christmas, New Year. Everyone's fit and healthy all, and everything. All good. All good. That's good. That's good. Uh, haven't had a haircut yet, Trev? No, not yet, mate. It ain't happening yet. It's uh, it's nice in the cold weather. I've never felt so cosy, mate. Sorry I was looking away then when we first came on. I've not had a chance to do much homework today, so I was catching up. Looking forward to tonight, Fergus. It's been a very interesting week to be a fan, or in some people's case, a supposed fan of our great football club. And it's going to be interesting talking about it. And getting other people's views as well, because there's right and there's wrong and there's just opinions, you know. Nobody's right, nobody's wrong. We all have opinions. So let's get going, mate. Let's get stuck in. Looking forward to it. Well, I have, this is, the, the idea of this one is to have a phone-in um, and I have made the link just live. So if you want to go to gunsandyellowribbons.com and click on join the show or just to go to gunsandyellowribbons.com slash show, it will bring you through to us and you'll go into the green room. If you're using your phone, have it on uh, landscape. It just looks a little bit better. And if you've got some earphones in so we can hear you clearly and you can hear us, that that's also good. Expecting a couple of um, guests to join us who said they were hoping they're going to join us uh, throughout the day. We're going to be here for about an hour or so. So um, we'd love to know your thoughts. First and foremost, what we're going to talk about is, um, well, Dan, can you rate out of one to ten um, how you you uh, you see this window? And I know everyone's done it, but it's 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 a hard one to do. But um, what's your thoughts on on, on the window? Um, I'm going to give it um, a five. I don't think it was good. No, I don't think it was bad. I think it was, I think it was. <laughs> Trev clearly disagreed with me already. Um, I think I think we've done well to to ship out the players that we have done. I think they've. A lot of people are obviously panicking about the lack of players in the squad now. But if you look at the appearances of the players that have gone, they've not really played this season. I don't think it's going to impact us unless we were to have, you know, a freak injury crisis, for example. Um, as for the incomings, <clears throat> I think people are obviously keen for us to get a striker in, understandably. But you've also got to look at it that it's January. If, if you make a panic buy in January and it goes wrong and it's, it's an expensive one, say if they'd have paid... Isaac's seventy-five million pound release clause, and that hadn't worked out, then then that's seventy-five million down the drain. Essentially, I, I think January is not the time to make big money signings like that because often, as we've seen in the past, it's gone wrong. Trev, um, you shook your head at uh, Dan's five rating. Any reason why? Yeah, I, I thought we were worth a little bit more than that, Fergus. Not a lot more. I, I'd go for like seven. Me, I'd go for like a seven because. I think that all the signs were there for it being a good, possibly being a good transfer window. And then I think because of the business that didn't happen as much as did happen, I think that actually improves our score, Ferg. You know, like Dan just said, we were after a after a um a, a striker. 
So obviously, Arsenal were after a striker. You know, that was that was common knowledge. But I couldn't get what I wanted. So instead of buying, you know, players that are not up to the standard that we have done in recent years that we get lumbered with, they've said, no, well, if we can't get what we want, we're not buying what we want. You know, if we can't get better, we're not buying. Um, and so they get praise for that from me. They get massive praise for that from me. And every player that's left the club, as, as Dan, that's twice in two in a minute, I've agreed with Dan. Dan rightly said, everybody's left that hasn't been getting a game. You know, I was a bit surprised that one or two left, bearing in mind the size of our squad and the backup we might need. But I'm not surprised that any of them went for their, because of their football ability and what they've shown on the football field, mate. Trev, do you think? Sorry to sorry to jump in, but Trev, do do you think that it's kind of shown a bit of progress in terms of what we're doing as well? I think in in previous windows we would have seen, you know, maybe panic buys, and I, I know Edu and Arteta get a lot of stick for what they've done, what or what they've not done this month. But I think it shows, you know, a good good progress in terms yeah. of being sensible with recruitment, having a strategy, and sticking to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, mate. They've got a. They've got a plan. They've obviously got a plan. They've not managed to get who they wanted. They weren't going elsewhere because they thought, you know, it's right what we say. We've got no European football. We've got no cup football. We've got the league games to get through. We've got a few extra ones. But unless we have a major injury catastrophe, and I mean a major injury catastrophe, what we've done isn't going to make our team any weaker because the players that have been playing every week are still at the club. Yeah. The ones we've got that have gone are the ones that would come in as backup. And to be honest, who's not to, I can't comment because I don't watch them enough, but who's not to say that, that below what we've got rid of in the under 23s or the under 21s, there's not more that could come in and do as equal yeah. a job. Not an ideal yeah, transfer yeah, window. We wanted a striker, I think, you know, but we didn't get him. And that's a benefit. I think that's actually, I'm actually in praise of Arteta and Ed. You can't get what you want, don't, get, don't take anyone. Trevor, um, as we said, this is a phone-in uh, one that we want to get uh, some more um, watchers and listeners uh, looking. We got, got all the way from LA. Lawrence, Lawrence, how are you doing? I hope you're well. I hope. It, what time of the day in the world is it over, over where you it's, are right now? Um, it's just gone 11.35 in the morning. And it's hot, I bet. Uh, I wouldn't say hot, um, mild. There's a, it's a bit windy outside. Okay. So I, I asked the guys, and we've got a couple of other guys waiting as well, so we won't keep you for ages, but I asked the guys how you would rate this transfer window. How, how would you rate this tra transfer window? To be honest, Fergus, zero. Not impressed wow. whatsoever. And why is that? <laughs> but we've signed two players from America who are not going to join us until the start of next season. I watched one of them play in the USA-Canada World Cup on Sunday, the goalkeeper, Matt Turner. And his distribution is 10 times worse than Bern Leno. Oh, Christ. Um, <laughs> this, yeah. And this, this other guy we signed, uh, Trusty, I've never heard of him before. And now I understand why Arteta went out to Colorado a couple of weeks ago. As we're starting to say now, we, we, we trust you the process and we're hoping Rusty yeah, trusts you not so rusty when he gets to us, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> Lawrence, Lawrence, and, uh, Lawrence, 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 it's Hills here, Lawrence. How are you, mate? Nice to meet you, mate. Uh, mate how, old, how old is this goalkeeper that we've signed? Is he like a teenager or? Uh, 
No, he's um, 23, 24. Okay. No, uh, Matt, Matt, Turner, Matt Turner's 27. 27? 27. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But his, his distribution in the game at the weekend against Canada was just bloody awful. So, so one last know, question. Why, what, yeah. One, one last question for you, Lawrence. Um, if you were looking at the C pla the six players, like there was 13 players that went out uh, this uh, this window and lots of loanees and stuff like that and a lot of youth players, but six key players uh, went out. And most of us would probably say that there were the, the six players that we wanted to leave the squad. Of any of those six players, would you have actually wanted to keep any of them? And and if you if you didn't, well, then it's not bad news, is it, really, if they're people you wanted to go? Yeah, but... I mean, some of the, the um, players we, we got rid of, Maitland-Niles, you know, um, Callum Chambers. I, I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around why we got rid of those players, because we need cover. Um, do, do, we need co do we need cover? We've got 17 games all season. Well, you never know. I mean, we can have so a player get a serious in injury. And we need backup. Yeah, I mean, okay, if you I think that. If, we, if, if you think we're going to keep all those players healthy between now and the end of the season, you know, it's, it's not going to happen. Someone's going to pick up an injury and we need someone who can step in, into their place immediately. I mean, I was really surprised about um, Chambers going. And as I was about to say, a, a mate of mine just texted me saying we, we've just brought Jack Wilshire back. Well, I don't know if it's been confirmed with Jack Wilshire, but uh, that it's a topic that we're probably going to touch on a bit later on. But um, I, it's an option, isn't it? I suppose. Um, listen, so, Lawrence, thank you, well, thank you very much. Go, go on, second. Just before you let Lawrence go, mate, if you don't mind, because it's interesting. Because Lawrence, I don't necessarily agree with Lawrence's point about the cover, but it is a valid point. It's a really valid point because, as I just said, if we have a bad run of injuries then we're going to get in trouble. So they have took a bit of a chance. Lawrence, just before you go, mate, I'm just curious. I'm You're out in America. That's obviously a bit of an English accent you got, man, mate. What, what do you get up to yeah. there, then? What do you do out there? Um, I work uh, I work for a real estate company in North Hollywood. You know, we've been pretty, we've been hit pretty bad by, uh, the, by COVID. You know, I have to work from home, which yeah. is um, pretty hard. But, you know, uh, the, the boss doesn't want anyone in the office until things uh, change. So, yeah, that's what I do. Have you been out there a long time? Yeah, then? yeah. But I've, been, I've been out here for 30 years. Oh, blimey. Well, look, you know, you said you're in Hollywood, mate. So if you need a good-looking star out there anytime, just shout me up. Uh, I'm ready yeah, to I'm mates, with, I'm mates with Steven Spielberg. I'll, dro I'll, I'll drop him your phone number. I'll await the call. Thanks, no, no Trev, he's, already, he's probably already got his number. Thank you very much for joining. Uh, uh, have a good one, and let's hope the season works out uh, okay for us. And I'm sure you'll jump on again again soon. We're going to do these periodically, so I, I'd like love to have you back okay. on again, Lawrence. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot. Bye. You're Thank welcome, you. mate.
We have somebody else in the green room waiting for us. It's a, a chap called Matt Pollard. Uh, Pollard, sorry, I'm awful with my pronunciations. I'm Irish and dyslexic and everything else. Matt, introduce yourself and welcome to the show. Uh, hi, lads. Uh, my name is Matt Pollard. I do the premier Colorado Rapids podcast called Holding the High Line with Rabbi and Red. My co-host is a rabbi. I'm Red, obviously, if that wasn't obvious, and I've been covering the Colorado Rapids since 2016 um, from the press box, and we've now seen the club and MLS in general start to enter the international market with lots of Americans abroad. It was a big selling window for the club, and obviously excited to be here and talk about probably the biggest move in terms of the club the player is going to in Rapids history. So Austin Levi Josiah Trusty, yes, a professional player, a defender who plays for the MLS team, the Colorado Rapids, Stan Kroenke's team, which we'll be interested in to know your opinion <laughs> and view on Stan as well. He's on loan uh, from Arsenal, um, you know, now because we've lent him back until the end of the season. He's meant to come over here in the summer, I believe. Um, tell us a bit about... Uh, Rusty Trusty, as we've already nicknamed him. <laughs> uh, well, we refer to we refer to call him Os the Boss, which is his Twitter handle. So hopefully he's not too rusty when he arrives in North London in late July. But you know, I mean, he's 23 year old center back. Uh, he was a well regarded prospect coming out of the Philadelphia Uni Academy that recently has produced a lot of products. You know, the Aronson brothers, um, one of whom's potentially or was uh, almost on his way to Leeds, and then Mark McKenzie, who actually unseated Trusty in the first. Team their first couple of years there who's now with Genk Gent I'm not sure how to pronounce the Gent, the name of the yeah. Belgian the Belgian club and everything you know I think he's got all the physical attributes that you would want in a center back it just wasn't really working at the time with Philadelphia Union and he needed a new opportunity Colorado Rapids swooped in got him for a decent in-market fee within the league as well and gave him an opportunity uh Robin Frazier is a former center back and regarded as one of the best center backs in the old or or order of Major League Soccer and has done a really good job developing defenders and Austin Trustee's been proof that you should trusty the process in that regard. Um, he's improved almost every single aspect of his game, still has a little bit of work to do in terms of playing out of the back, but in terms of 1v1 defender, physical attributes and everything, um, he's become a fantastic MLS defender. I don't know that there was an opportunity for him to get into the World Cup squad. He was a part of, he is a part of the group um, that's now back in Minneapolis and we'll be taking on Honduras tonight or tomorrow morning for you three. Um, but certainly, you know, a, a player who is going to be looked at for the future of the U.S. men's national team, certainly one of the best American defenders in MLS and now is getting a fantastic opportunity and a fantastic challenge. Can you make it? Can make it? That's what I was going to say. Before I open the floor and ask Dan and Trev to ask you questions, do you think he can make the grade of the the, the, the Premier League? And that's what Trev was going to say. So answer Trevor. Answer Trevor. And then, and, and then Dan, you can ask your question. Yeah, Trev, I... I don't know yet. Uh, no American defender or center back has ever made this kind of leap before. When you've seen a center back really, you know, entrench themselves in a Premier League team, you know, it's either been on a championship club that's then fighting for promotion. We look back at, you know, Carlos Bocanegra with his time at Fulham and Fulham was at a very different place from, you know, what I think obviously Arsenal is hoping to do with Arteta over the next 18 months or so. So uh, the answer to the question, I don't know. I don't think that he's ready to play 
in the Premier League this coming 2022-2023 season. I think if you asked him, you know, if he wasn't, if he was moving to Arsenal right now and they were looking to find a loan spot, I think there's an upper mid-table championship club that would find a lot of uses for him. I think based on his style of play and how the Rapids have been more of a pressing team, that he'd fit in at an Eredivisie club. I don't know necessarily that he's going to end up on Lone Brigade FC like a lot of Chelsea players have. A lot of people in MLS circles were kind of comparing this move to Matt Miazga to Chelsea several years ago, but I think he needs a little bit of development. The one thing that I kind of hang my hat on is he's an absolute sponge and a yes sir, no sir kind of player with the manager. So whatever little tweaks or anything, he's someone who's going to come in. And if Mikel Arteta or one of the other coaches is riding him in training with every single little thing, he's not going to get discouraged by that. He's going to absorb that information and try and mold himself into whatever they're trying to make him be. That's kind of the one thing that I say, that's the one thing that has me thinking he can make it. It's just going to need time. Uh, you have a co-host, do you? Yes, I do. Do they get a word in? Uh, he's not joining us at the moment. <laughs> uh, yes, I don't know what yeah. I mean on your show. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Well, Mar uh, Mark and I are both very loquacious. So it's usually one of us talking for several minutes and the other one talking for several minutes. Matt, Matt, <laughs> Matt, that listen, Matt, listen, this is an English football fans podcast. We don't know what loquacious means. Mate. <laughs> we're very long. We're very long winded. There you go. Don't worry. I'm, I'm Irish. I'm intelligent. So I know what's going on. <laughs> Dan, Dan um, being a journalist, you'll understand loquacious. Uh, you can um, have a question off Matt. I was going to say, Trev, speak for yourself. I know what he's talking about. Don't you worry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Matt, th thanks for joining us. Um, the quick question I have, obviously, surrounds Stan Kroenke. He owns both Arsenal and the Colorado Rapids. How much has he influenced this move, do you think? And is it something that we're going to see happen in the future as well with more players coming over from Colorado to, to Arsenal? I don't believe that Stan or his son Josh called in to either club and then talked about that. I do think there's a little bit of a technical interaction. Um, I've mm -hmm. spoken a number of times with the, I guess you would call him the sporting director. He has another long nebulous title that makes sense to Americans that you wouldn't make, that you wouldn't necessarily understand. Uh, general manager would be the term that we would use here. Pork Smith, who's talked about um, when COVID was going on, pretty much all of the KSC owned properties, including Arsenal, and then as well as the basketball and hockey team here in town, the Colorado Avalanche and Denver Nuggets kind of got together and shared a lot of information and resources about that. Arsenal was super influential with some of their ideas about Project Restart that certainly helped the Rapids navigate the MLS's back tournament from a COVID protocol standpoint. So maybe somewhere in there, Mikel Arteta was in a meeting or something, and then he and Pork Smith developed a relationship. Um, you know, I do know, I think it was mentioned right before I got on that Arteta has come over to Colorado. The club obviously recently was in Colorado to play a friendly. It would have been... Um, Oh, gosh, the guy who's now in Spain who sounds like a vampire. Uh, I can't remember the name of the former manager. Unai Emery. Unai Emery, yes, Unai Emery, thank you. Okay, won't mention him, you know, was back in Colorado. <laughs> so maybe there was a bit of a relationship, but I would say this is more from a technical side that just happened to be convenient by the two teams being owned by KSC rather than something from, you know, silent Stan or absent Stan from the above. Uh, one question has come into the chat from the Gunnar podcast, uh, Magic Mike. I uh, said, hey, Matt, got a question for you. What happened to Cole Bassett? He had a trial at Arsenal a few, and a few other clubs, borderline uh, off the USM, 
NT, don't know what that is. Um, and now he's off to Feyenoord on an 18-month loan. Uh, do you want to answer that one for us? Yeah, sure. So first of all, uh, it's United States Men's National Team, Fergie. That's the that's okay. the acronym that we use there. Um, my understanding um, with the opportunities that he's had as Arsenal, and there's been a few other players as well, that that's been mostly, that was a, during the MLS offseason, obviously we play usually beginning of March through September, October, and then MLS Cup is usually late November, early December. Um, the Rapids will be starting in uh, Champions League two weeks from now, for example. So my understanding that was more a, he wanted to get fitness, he wanted wanted to get into a little bit of a different environment and there were some similarities between his role with the Rapids and what they wanted him to grow at that he could have used training opportunities elsewhere um, and then also you kind of add he's a young player where normally at his age in his development there'd be an opportunity for him to go off and play college soccer and so getting outside of your comfort zone not living at home with the parents while you're still tra- you know driving to the stadium 20 minutes or something was a new environment that he needed and there was a relationship there so I think it was more a training opportunity rather than Arsenal looking at investing in him. Um, Bassett did have an opportunity to go to Portugal um, this past August and turned down that opportunity because it wasn't really the right fit. And Feyenoord came in, offered, you know, a loan option with a loan fee and then an option to buy that would be, you know, at market value for what Cole Bassett brings. Um, and they kind of sold the club on what it meant financially. And they sold Cole on the project in ways maybe I don't know that Arsenal were ever in for that player. You know, it would have been more, you know, let's let's find him, you know, uh, you know, can we loan him out to Millwall once we, you know, pay a meager transfer fee for him so that's what happened with Cole Bassett um we're excited for him as well just as we are for Austin you see one very 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 brief final question go on uh, uh on Saliba on um trusty would he be better than Saliba who's currently on loan in uh in France I have no I I've never seen Saliba play if I'm being honest fair enough fair, <laughs> fair, fair enough Trev any um, final questions if if, if... If Matt could have answered that question, Fergus, I'd have bet my app, mate. How would Matt know if, if he's better than Saliba? It was, oh, it was asked in the chat. Saliba. No one sees Saliba play. It, it, it was asked in the chat. No, I just asked the question. It's, it's an interesting point, that interesting thing that Matt spoke about briefly there, just a, a last thing, is that, you know, as an Arsenal fan, I'd be disappointed if Josh Kroenke didn't phone Arteta and say, look, We've got a player here who might make it in the Premier League. Take him over there for a season. All the money's coming out of the same pot anyway. Have a look at him and let's see if he makes it. I've got no problem at all with our owners doing that. As a matter of fact, I encourage it. Absolutely encourage it. Mm-hmm. I guess, uh, Fergus, if I were to give a, a decent comparison, I've had a, a couple of other Arsenal media members and podcasts pinging me and everything looking for a decent comparison. And if I were to draw parallels, maybe in terms of potential and the path that he's had, I'd look at Tosin Adarabayo, who was in the Manchester City system, obviously wasn't getting a lot of playing time. He's now with uh, Fulham looking to get promoted and everything. I see a lot of similarity to their games and also kind of similar to Austin needed to step outside his comfort zone of Philadelphia, go to Colorado to get playing time and maybe in the same way Tosin's ready to challenge with Fulham in the Premier League maybe Austin Trustee's now ready for a loan move to uh um you know do a championship side get a year under his belt and then really help um progress um you know with with Arsenal that would be if I were to make another comparison I would say he's right on par with Tosin Adarabayo who um I'm sure you guys have seen uh you know two times last year and hopefully two times this year Fulham keeps playing well next year excuse me uh, 
very briefly and think very carefully how you answer this. If you were thinking of your English Premier League side, um, do you have an English Premier League side and, and, and who do you follow? Um, I'm actually a Fulham supporter. So, yeah, I'm, I'm full That's full America okay. on okay. that. So, um, you know, I would say I'd say Austin Trustee's future with the men's national team is certainly much better than uh, where Tim where Tim Ream's at. Um, so, you know, again, maybe that's where, you know, take what I said with a grain of salt, because it's two players who I obviously watch, you know, twice on every single Saturday. But that'd be a good comparison for me. Berg, he's a Fulham so, fan. OK, Matt, nice talking to you. See ya. <laughs> Matt, Matt, thanks very much for joining. Tell people how they can get in touch with you if they're interested in more in the Colorado Rapids and stuff like that, how they get in touch and can follow you. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on Twitter at LWOS Matt Pollard. You can find my writing at lastwordonsports.com. And then obviously for the podcast, uh, it's Holding the High Line, which on all socials is at Rapids 96 Podcast 96 because the club was founded in 1996. Um, my co-host and I will be recording tonight after the United States men's national team game. And we'll be talking a lot of things about Austin Trusty. And my co-host Mark is actually an Arsenal fan. So maybe then you'll, man, I will I will forward my question um, about the, the lone center back to see whether or not uh, Mark thinks that Austin Trusty is better than him. Well, get, get Mark to just start following the show and maybe he can come on and have a, have, <laughs> have a word in. You know, so that, that'd be quite good. Matt, thank you very, very much. we got a couple of other people waiting in the, in the background to come through. Cheers, so we're gonna do Cheers mate. very much. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. So next up, um, we have got from Canada, I believe, um, Stan the Man. Stan, we we, we were introduced virtually uh, a few days ago on uh, Danny's Burkamp Wonderland. On, That's right. We were doing his marathon uh, transfer window day, and you gave it a score then. Has your score changed? Well, we were using a different score then. We were using from a minus... Was it minus ten to plus ten? Yeah, but we're, here, we're a little bit more sensible on this one. Yes, so like, you know, it's we'll, a little bit more easy here. I'm going to go with a five because I think that we managed to accomplish fifty percent of what we needed to do. You know, there was a pile of dead wood that's been piling up in the corner now for a long time, and we managed to get that out into the back and, and throw it all onto the skip. So I'm pretty pleased about that side of it. But for me, when I look at this transfer window. Um, I still feel the same as I did when it shut and I was left with, I'm left with a feeling of anxiety. I'm not angry or anything like that. I'm not throwing my time, my toys out of the pram. I just feel a little bit anxious. And the reason that I feel anxious is I think that um, it's imperative for Arsenal to get into Europe in sh some shape or form this season. I think that we may struggle to get to the big boys table at the Champions League, but the minimum requirement for me, we have to finish six. It has Absolutely. to be the minimum requirement to get at least into the Europa League. And the reason that I think it's so imperative, we've been out for so long now. And I was on a podcast about six months ago and they were talking about how we were going to get this player and how we're talking to that player. And I was trying to raise the question that I was feeling that our star, our star had faded. Well, six months on from that conversation, I think our star has faded even more. So what worries me is, is that if we go into... If we don't get back into Europe and we uh, get into next summer's transfer window, where we probably would have money as well, it sounds like the uh, the owners are giving money when needed, who are we going to be able to entice? Because a modern footballer these days, you don't really see a modern footballer saying, well, yeah, I know that you're not in Europe, but I'm going to come there and I'm going to be the hero and I'm going to fire you back into the Champions League. They never say that. It's usually the other way around, you know, well, if you're not in the South Champions League or Europe, then, you know, maybe I don't want to come there. So I'm worried about, you know, the further recruitments that we're going to get the job done to get to where we want to be. If we can only attract mediocre players, then I'm worried that we're going to get 
trapped in this hamster wheel of not quite being able to get back into Europe, even though we have the money, but we can't get the right players. Yeah, Stan, I'll take over because Fergus does this, mate. He disappears now and again. He's, he, he goes to put 10 pence in the electricity meter and then he pops back <laughs> again. But it's really interesting what you say, mate. There's, there's two points you raised there. I, I want to go back to you saying we need to get sixth. And that's always been my view this season. I think that us finishing six would show an improvement on the previous couple of seasons. That's my view. We'd yeah. be back in Europe where we haven't been for a couple of seasons. We'd have finished higher in the league than we have for a couple of seasons. So six would six would satisfy me. It wouldn't satisfy a lot of Arsenal fans, but it certainly satisfy me. What's your thoughts on that, Stan? I agree exactly the same with what you're saying there, Hilsey. For me, we were going into this season, and I think even for, for Mikel Arteta's job security, I think the minimum requirement, I said at the beginning of the season, it has to be... Europa League. That's the minimum. Okay, we're not going to get any cups. Fine. We have to get into the Europa League. We've been out of Europe for far too long for a club of, of our stature and where we want to be. And, you know, as I just mentioned a, a moment ago, who are we going to entice if we're not at the big boys' table to get into Europe? It worries me, Hillsy. So I agree with exactly what you're saying there. Six is the minimum requirement. And now, if you could yeah, see your back, mate. Yeah, sorry, it's all right. <laughs> no, I was I was just going to agree on the point that I I do think sixth is it should be the aim. I think we we've needed the past two seasons to have that reality check and and to understand that we're not we're not the team we used to be. We're not going to challenge for league titles, and we're now not guaranteed a top four place. And I think there there is now that understanding that this is a this is a rebuilding process. And I think we've seen that this month with the the, the shipping off of the Deadwood players essentially. Um, so, yeah, I think, as you say, sixth, sixth should be the aim. And, and I, I feel like we're getting there slowly but steadily. Can I also say a lot of people, um, you know, when I when I speak to a lot of people about Arsenal and the various podcasts that I'm on, there's a big um, feeling that we've got a very good first 11, but we're a little mm. bit short. We're a little bit short yeah. after that. I have to disagree with them. I think that we've got a very good first starting nine. I think yeah. there were two places in the squad where we were incredibly weak and could upgrade. So, I know people. some people are saying that they don't feel that we are short. I feel that we were short going into the window because we only had a very good first nine and we haven't really done anything to improve upon the first nine to get to a first 11. And yes, I know that we only have 17 games and that first nine can maybe play most of those games, but I fear as well that we don't have a lot of variety on the bench if we do need to change things around because the way of an opponent may be coming at us. And I think that a lot of our opponents are going to sort of like, know exactly what it is that we're going to be about because we they know who we're going to be playing every game. There's no variety on the bench. I think Mikel is a little bit cautious to use too many of the Hayland Academy boys. So I'm I also worry that we may be a little bit too predictable at times. See, it's sorry, Ferg, I'm going to come in once more, mate, then I'll let you take back over because I'm liking having Stan on because I agree with Stan all the time and this is nice. <laughs> you see, I, I, I honestly think that, that I think that Arteta... No, thinks the same as you. That's my. It's, we only speculate, Stan. I say it every podcast. We don't know, but I think this, that 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 uh, Arteta probably thinks the same as the like of you and me, mate. He's got a great starting nine, and he needs two, maybe three more players to make it a great starting eleven. And I honestly think that he's, they've probably gone out to buy those two players in this window, and they've not been able to get them. And that's this is where your point's correct, mate. The longer you spend out of European football, the harder it is 
to entice the big players to join your football club. A prime example of that, a prime example of that is Liverpool. They fell from grace and it took them years and years and years and years before they could attract the kind of player that was going to get them back to the top where they are now, you know. So we have got to stop the fall. We have got to stop the fall. The only the only way I differ to you, mate, is I, I think probably Arteta's on edge you have gone to try and buy these two players. Couldn't get what they wanted, so they said, right, we're not taking any then, you know. I'd agree with that as well, and I'm glad that they did that. I'm glad that they didn't go out and buy a Band-Aid, you know, just to put yeah. over the, the small cut. And in, in a year's time, when we don't want that person, we can't move them on because they've got a high salary. We're supposed to be lowering the deadwood pile, not adding to it. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, we hear that the board intervened and vetoed the Arthur deal. I mean, I don't know who was in charge of that deal, whether it's Mikel or Edu, but they were saved from themselves, from the board, because that was such a one-loaded way in that deal. 18 months on loan with an obligation to buy. What happens after like three to six months? And you sort of like, you look at this plane and think, he's not what I want. You're saddled. So whoever made that decision and vetoed that deal, thank you very much, because you saved their doing, Mikel, from themselves there. Stan, um, what's your view on this when you see this team photo that pops up here? This is the Emery side. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and oh. you, talk about, uh, you talk about it, it being brutal. That is one hell of a brutal cull. We've got seven players left, and that's El Neni, squad player, Shaka, Marmite, Leno, squad player, Holding, squad player. Uh, who we got at the back? We got um, Lacazette, we got uh, Smith Rowan. Is that Saka as well? Or who's, who's that? Eddie and Ketia, sorry. Yeah. Um, so, off that squad, seven players. What's your thoughts on that then, Stan? I tell you what my thoughts are, and it's something that I've been saying um, probably right near the beginning when Mikel Arteta was a, Arteta was appointed, and certainly halfway through his his tenure so far. And as I believe that the rebuild will never ever begin to start in earnest until every single player at the club that was at the club under Arsene Wenger is no longer there. And I say that because since Arsene Wenger has left. We have had new managers. We've had Emery. We had an interim manager there with Freddie. Now we've got Mikel. We've changed around what's happening at the board. We brought in people like Dick Garlick. The only one constant at the club are players, players that were there under Arsene Wenger. So for me, I'm glad to see that we are making that shift because, as I said there, I don't believe that the rebuild will start in earnest until all of those players under Arsene Wenger are no longer with Arsenal. Dan, any questions? Uh, no, just another point. I think we, we're talking about, you know, the amount of players from that MRA team that are no longer here. I was at Arteta's first press conference when he was appointed way, way back, you know, two years ago. And he spoke quite, you know, at length about wanting to be ruthless with players. And I think we've seen that, you know, with with Ozil, for example, Gwendouzi, Aubameyang more recently. And I think that's exactly what we need. We don't we don't need to be burdened with with these players who don't want to be here, who aren't going to behave in the correct way, who are not going to give their all. You look at people like Ramsdale, Ben White. You can tell they've come here and they want to be here and they want to do well. And that's exactly the kind of player we need. So I, for one, am, am delighted that most of those players are gone and even more will be going soon, hopefully. Well, for some Arsenal fans, I don't I really know what they want. Under Arsene Wenger, they say that he walked around with a feather duster. 
under Mikel Arteta, they say that he walks around with a rod of iron. You can't have it both ways. You either want the club to have structure and discipline or you want it nice and relaxed and you want the lunatics to run the asylum, essentially. Mm. I think I think with Arteta as well, I'm confident that he is going to make the decisions that are best for the club. You know, he was here as a player. He was captain. He won trophies with the club. He understands what it means to, to play for the Arsenal and, and now to manage the Arsenal. And I think he is going to make decisions that are correct. And, and we've seen that, obviously, with Aubameyang most recently. A lot of people have disagreed with what he's done, but I think it was exactly the right thing to do. If you aren't going to lead by example as a captain, if you aren't, if you aren't going to turn up on time, if, you, if you're going to be ill-disciplined, then, you know, you don't need to be here. We don't want you here. Yeah. The old phrase is uh, play for the name on the front of the shirt and you'll exactly. remember the name on the back. Stan, uh, let everybody know how they can find you. Thank you for joining. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this brief. I know it was only a five, ten minute sort of cameo. If you like it, we can organise getting you on for a longer period of time because I think you and Trev have got very similar thoughts. <laughs> well, it's, a good, it's good to finally meet. I mean, I'm sure that you and I have met once before, Fergus, maybe about two or three years ago um, when I was still living. I was in probably drunk. Stan, you'd remember, trust me, mate. You'd remember Stan if you'd met him. I'm on on the alcohol free tonight. (laughs) I I have been watching the shows. I've seen Hilsey before. And um, as I mentioned to you when I was on with Danny, um, I caught you one night just as I was going to bed um, and because of the times here and you were doing one of your history shows. And you asked me a question the other day and you kind of caught me off guard. And you said to me, what was one of the most interesting and interesting points that I heard of one of your history shows? And you know, the one that really does jump to mind when I gave it some thought after coming off the show was that Arsenal started off as a cricket club. I heard on one mm. of your shows, right? And that was something that I had no idea about. And I'll say it again in case we've got any of the younger viewers that are listening. If you do want to find out a little bit about Arsenal's heritage, and I mean, I'm 53 and I've been supporting Arsenal since you know the end of the 70s. Watch the show, the history show on this channel that they do, because you do find out a lot of things that there were things that I'd never even heard of. So if you do want to find out some history, tune in. Great to meet you guys. Sorry, who was he? No, I was, I was just letting Fergus know that I was going to come back with... with firstly, with, thanks for that, Stan. You have no idea how much I enjoyed doing that, along with Fergus. But you're right, mate. To confirm that point, I have to be careful, because if Andy and Mark see this, the other two that do the history show, and I'm wrong, as Fergus well knows, they will chew our heads off. <laughs> but the Arsenal Football Club was formed out of a... There was a, a cricket club at, at uh, Dial Square, I believe, or, or down that way somewhere, and... Um, and they wanted something to do in, in the winter. So at the one of the AGMs, they decided to form a football club. And uh, that was the beginning of the Arsenal, mate. You're exactly right, Stan. It's been a pleasure, this chat, mate. I hope to chat with you longer another time. Sorry, Ferg. I've butted in again, mate. Yeah, no, I'm no, it's fine. Give me some time. I know you've got some guests there waiting. Good to talk to you all. Would love to come back. If you want to find me, um, I'm at here on, on, on Twitter. That's my handle. And on Thursdays, um, every Thursday, I'm on at the Arsenal Fan Circle. And there's a few other podcasts. I'm basically one of those guys. That I just like to whore myself out to Arsenal Podcasts. Anyone that will have me. We, 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 we know those sort. And, and chat we know Arsenal. Those sort. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, have a good rest Listen, of your week, lads. Thank nice you. to talk to you. Cheers, Dan. Thanks Cheers, a lot. Dan. Cheers. It's done. Uh, if anybody hasn't seen uh, the Arsenal History Podcast, there is a link in the chat. I don't know if we'd be able to uh, lift it out of there, but uh, click on the link. And there's there's eight shows, but there's seven shows that are... Um, uh, there was one like Roundup, which we done first, and then we realised it was so enjoyable that we broke it down into sections. So you got 1886 to 
1913 when we moved to Highbury. So the, it was the Woolwich and Plumstead years. Then we go into Highbury, then we do the war, then we do the, the Baron spell between after the war to the fifties. Uh, and each one I'm thinking, I said to Trev beforehand, like, oh, this is going to be hard work. This is going to be hard work. And every one of them were totally enjoyable. Um, we have another guest, um, the, the the choir master of the clock end. It is uh, Ben Bennett. Ben, how are you? Hey, up, Ben. All, all right, right boys. How are you? All right. Yeah. All right, yeah. Really good, mate. Really good. Yeah, so, good so stuff. Ben, Ben good just stuff. clicked on 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 this link. He went on to gunsandribbons.com and joined the show. We have got um, a couple of others in the in in the uh, green room waiting to come on. So there is space for probably one or two more if you do want to join the show. It's ten or fifteen minutes. That's what it is. Ben, rate the window. What do you think of the window? Um, uh, six. Okay. That's a bit. That's between, a bit I was going to say between a six. I was going to say between a six and a seven. I was going to be kind. I was going between a six and a seven. I couldn't. I couldn't decide. So yeah. And, and and why have you gone between a six and a seven? What what makes you drop your score to a six or raise your score from everybody else? Uh, the other two that have given fives. Um, I just I just think getting rid of a Bamiang has has put the score up a little bit more. Um, I think that's a huge thing that we've a huge statement we've uh, once again, as Dan said earlier on about Arteta's ruthlessness, and he's backed up in that very first interview he done, um, and he, he like I said, he done, he done it with Gwendoos and he done it with Ozil when he's done it with Aubameyang. Now I think um, no player is bigger than the club, um, and that's a, that's always been a true stat, true stat saying about that, and um, I think. Um, like everyone else has said, at the end of the day, what we've what we've got rid of, what's gone out, is not going to be a key part for us for the rest of the season anyway. So, what's the point of them ha- hanging about? Um, of course, we'd have liked a couple of players would, come would, in, um, but would you have we, kept we, any of the, we would you've kept any of the key six. Um, I was I was a little bit surprised about Chambers. I thought, but I, I think my decision was made up at the the Burnley game, and I thought he probably should have um, started right back and Ben White in the centre half. Um, but he was he didn't even play a part, did he? So I thought that the mm. decision must have been made then. Um, otherwise, I'm not really too surprised. Um, yeah, just go with what we got now. We um, was hoping for a couple of players, but. Um, I don't agree in panic buys, especially at this stage. I said I don't. I don't want to be in the summer thinking these panic buys are not going to be able to do it. We're going to pay their wages, and and what's the point when we can put this money towards better attribute players that are, um, are going to strengthen the side? And the summer is going to be massive. Bugs, can I just jump in quickly? Sorry, just yeah. Uh... I was going to ask you to actually. Yeah, ju- just on the Callum Chambers thing, I, I think Ben and, and somebody else mentioned they were a bit surprised. He was one of the ones who went. I, from my understanding, that is because he had, I think it was six months left to run on his deal and he wasn't going to sign a new one. So it was sell him now and okay. get a little bit of a fee, which I I believe was in the region of two to three million pounds. Um, so, you know, it's recouping some money that we wouldn't have got in the summer, basically. So I think that was that was the logic behind moving Chambers on. I think that's what, 
we paid about two million from him as well because we paid a oh, lot. We paid a lot more. Than, we paid about sixteen million. It was a lot more than two. Yeah, 16, was it sixteen for him and two for holding, or the other way around? Yeah, I, I it, was two two around. No, it was two for holding and sixteen for yeah. Chambers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's why we're holding, I suppose. Um, uh, ben, I suppose a final question for you on that. Um, what your thoughts about not getting a striker? I, I I don't believe that we did try and get some someone, but I believe that. Um, with this guy from Fiorentina, he he clearly didn't want to come and play for us. So to me, any player that doesn't want to come and play for us, we 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 shouldn't be wasting any time. They say we wasted. This is all media um, thinking behind. We wasted time on, on trying to get him. I don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows actually. Know if he actually. Um, he obviously had an interest in the player, but when they turn around and they rather go somewhere else, then um, you don't waste any more time. Um, but uh, the strike, the striker business is is obviously a ma- probably our priority going into the summer, and it was really priority in January. But I, I um, if if there's no one else out there, don't r- go rush into it and um, go and spend the money in 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 the summer. But I also think. Um, no one was too sure about what was going on with Aubameyang. Um, th- that ten- turned out to be 15 minutes before the deadline shut. So um, I, di- I also believe that we wasn't going to bring in another striker all the time that Aubameyang was still at the club. So um, when you've got that sort of wages floating about, then they're not going to go and spend 60, 70 million on a striker when, when you're paying someone 350k a week floating about the club for nothing. So somehow it, that's, I somehow that's, I don't think that's it was, a big thing now. Somehow I don't think it was fifteen minutes. I think the club knew and wanted wanted to move him on. He done a yeah, an, well, an odd wingy by going well, out to Barcelona as well. Son, it's a good point, you know, that Ben makes there, mate. It's a good point in that it definitely we don't know the timings, Ferg, and you're exactly right, mate. We don't know the timings with with uh, Alabama Yang's yeah. move away, mate. But it, imagine. There's no way the club would have wanted to go out and buy a striker for sixty or seventy million and put be him stuck on with him as well, and then get stuck with Alba as well. They wouldn't have wanted that in the slightest. But to sum it up, mate, Ferg, look, look, flip the coin over and look at it from the other side. Right, we've bought no one that we're going to have to battle and get rid of in a, in a year or two's time for nothing. We've bought no other Premier League rejects. Right, we've got no one's cast off because. You know, we've bought in players from from Man United, from Chelsea in the past, and none of them have ever been quite top-notch with us. And you know why they've never been quite top-notch? Because Man United and Chelsea, if they were that top-notch, they wouldn't sell them to us. They wouldn't sell them Mm. to us if they were still of a standard to win leagues, you know? So, you know, if you look at it from the other side, then for me, not buying someone, looking at it that way, is 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 a positive. It's a positive, a massive positive. If I was to put my uh, tuppence in on that, just to close on on, on this one for a minute, um, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly, except that the fact that Lacazette and Eddie couldn't score in a brothel at the minute. You know, they've scored two 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 goals in the league between them. You know, three goals in all competitions. So I, I would have liked somebody who could put it in the onion bag, and 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 uh, I 
I I can't see it. I, I'd like maybe to look at bringing in some of the kids that we talked about in some of the the the, the, the not the main games, but every game is going to be a main game, I suppose, to a certain degree. But also, I'd like to um, possibly explore going two up top with uh, Martinelli and maybe maybe Pepe. I'm not a great fan of Pepe, as you know, but he's got to be played right now uh, because he's got to be given the opportunity. If he's not given the opportunity now. You might as well just give him away uh, in the summer for nothing. Ben, thank you very much uh, for joining yeah, you. That's all right. Go on. Yeah, I, go on. That's all right. I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna say it's a very good chance. I think uh, we might see Martinelli up top on his own. Now there's no, no I don't reason think he, why I not. I don't think he's ideal on his own because he drifts too much. I think he he'd he'd be up top on his own as a as a pairing would be very good. But I think he'll actually play um Smith Rowe, Odegaard, um as well. Um they they'll be won't be far behind him. Um Okay. So yeah, okay. the option the options are there, aren't they? The options are there, but we we badly need goals. They've got to, got to turn a corner somewhere. I'm hold, I'm <laughs> holding these up. The Guna fanzine. Yeah. Clearly, clearly uh, Dan uh, writes for the Guna uh, fanzine. Uh, but shall we sing a song for you? You got loads yeah. in here, Ben. So... I told you they were basic. I told you they were basic in the issue. This one, you, you'll manage three <laughs> of those out of the four. I, I, yeah, I, I think I will. Benny, right, easily. Right, right. I got that one. Got that one. <laughs> easily. Easily. I've done, I done it oh. just for you. Thank you. Thank you. Ben, thank Shall you very much for joining for us. Fergus? Shall we sing a song for Ferg? No. <laughs> no, you're all right. No. Yeah. <laughs> ben, let I'll everyone know where they can find you. Obviously, obviously, they can get you in the in the Gouda fanzine. Where else can they find you? With Ashbert Army in the clock end? Uh, nah. Yeah, um, just at, at clock end Ben 30, really. No, that's, um, it's not um, Gouda Ben 30. It's at clock end Ben 30. So on Twitter. Um, yeah. So uh, I look forward to seeing you next Thursday, hopefully. See you in Wolves, Ben. See you in Wolves. See you in Wolves, boys. Yeah, yeah up the Arsenal. It's, it's my birthday this Friday, so that's my that's my birthday celebration. So, yes, staying <laughs> oh, over. It won't, yeah, staying it, won't over alcohol, well, it won't be alcohol free San Miguel that night. I tell you that. No, <laughs> definitely, definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely mate. not. Ben, thanks very much. It. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, See you later. Cheers, Cheers mate. Right, um, guys, this has gone really well, actually. I've really enjoyed it. It's uh, been good fun. We have got another guest. We have room probably for one more if anybody else wants to join in, just to let you know if you want to join us. It's down the bottom there, but in big, gunsandyellowribbons.com, uh, join the show. Um, who we have got coming up next is Albert J. Uh, TV. Albert, how are you, Albert? Yes, lads, what's happening? He's a yeah, good. It's good. It's been a while since I've seen you guys. I've missed you, man. It's been no, a while. Of course, it's the place to be is Guns and Yellow Ribbon, especially on a Wednesday night. <laughs> of you course, know, man. You know, you know right. I've got a couple of questions for you, and then Go the on, guy's going to have a couple of questions. The first question I've asked everyone is rate the window. Good. I see some people giving it a very generous um, scores. Um, okay. Yes, I did, but uh, no, me personally, I'm very underwhelmed. Um, it's hard to rate a window like that for me, but I gave it a zero. I think I gave it. Oh, oh, here we go, here we go. Oh. <laughs> right, that's fine. Everyone is entitled to an opinion. They're a little, but a little bit like what we've all got—an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, so, um, why do you give it a zero? Don't get me wrong, like I take into account um saving Uber's wages and 
players gone out and dead wood and strategy this, strategy that, strategy that. But we was in the position, coming into a good position in terms of having a decent run of games um, and trying to cement a top four finish. And for me, that's gone up in smoke a little bit. People talk about there's, there's still a bit, there's still games to play for um, in terms of what we've got this season. But if you look at some of our fixtures, we're playing a lot of the teams in and around us. And one thing, you, for me, two things you want to see during a transfer window. And by the way, Fergus, I'm, I was never that confident that Arsenal would kind of necessarily get what needs to get done in, in January anyway. We Just notoriously, window, it's been anyway. a bit of a letdown anyway. But um, it's a difficult window, but it's not an impossible window. Um, and for me, two things, two things that need to kind of happen. One, it's you bring players in to give the current playing squad most definitely a bit of a lift. Um, and two, as well, to give the fans a bit of a lift as well, just to get our, get our, sink our teeth in to get some, to try and get our teeth into it and um, be buoyed by some fresh blood um, to help the depleted and not so strong squad. But that, that didn't happen. Um, and subsequently, that's why I've given the window that I've, it, the rating that I've given it. it. If you look at our, our, you talk about we're going to have to play our rivals around us. Our rivals around us for fourth place are Man United, West Ham, Spurs. Uh, Man United done nothing in the window. West Ham done nothing in the window. They, they toyed with a 50 million bid for a player who was never going to be sold. They, they, they were linked with another 60 million player in Calvert-Lewin um, uh, Calvert that was Everton are never going to sell when they're in a, a relegation fight. And Spurs signed two players, one of which was a striker that played six games for Juventus and was clearly surplus to the requirements. And the other one, I, I don't watch Italian football. He may be a superstar, but... Very I'd good never player. Okay, so they, that's why, <laughs> I, that's why I, I caveated it with that at the beginning. I, I, you know, have, have they really strengthened us? You know, like somebody's James has put in the chat as well, Wolves, you know, don't don't rule out Wolves. They're, you know, we've got two games against them coming up. That, that aside... I don't think many people, bar Newcastle, nobody done shed loads of business in this window. And I think what we've done is we've type of got our, our house in order. But how big is is this summer's window for us, if we're looking that far, far ahead? Um, I, I've heard the summer window, how big is it for Arsenal for about the last 10 plus years? <laughs> I've heard that every season. It's the, I, I, there's no reason for me to be any confident going into the summer. I know you talk about Manchester United, um, but they've at least, but at least with them, they've got. They, it's not obviously ideal. Ideally, they want, they want to play better as a team and a more more cohesive unit. But they've got match winners in their side all over the gaff. Um, Tottenham, you can you can talk about it as much as you want and ridicule them, but I don't know too much about Kovalesh, Kovale, what his whatever his name is. I can't remember now. But Bentoncourt. Yeah, Benton Core is a is a very very good signing. Yes, it hasn't worked out for him, Juventus. But Fergus, what certain teams have done is you give yourself a chance. Newcastle may still go down, but their fans have got something to get their teeth into. They've got they've given themselves a chance. The likes of, for but, example, but, but, Bright, Brighton but Newcastle, and Burnley gone. Newcastle Newcastle aren't in the run running for top four or top six. No, top that's which, not the point I'm making. Minimum, 
No, okay. that's not the point I'm making because irrespective of whatever your credentials are in the league, whether that's going, whether that's solidifying from a place of strength in terms of Liverpool getting Diaz, Man City getting Alvarez or a Brighton probably looking to solidify a top 10 or Burnley or Newcastle looking to stay in the league, you have to address certain areas. And Arsenal have failed to do that. And that's my problem. You can talk about and- Newcastle struggling for relegation or Burnley, but they they've addressed the areas they need and they've bought they've addressed the area where we haven't and that's a striker situation i i i can't disagree with what you said there go on trevor you're going to say a bit, were you going to say something no this see albert's right this is why we have these these podcasts and this is when when conversations like this take place it's 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 the nice side of social media because i don't necessarily agree with everything that albert says but mm. by god he's got some valid points there you know some real mm. valid points in that i mean i think that arsenal did probably try and go out and buy a player but they wouldn't buy wouldn't buy what, what we did, you know players that weren't of a, of a certain standard and it just got me thinking then when fergus you and albert were talking about the players that newcastle's bought of all them players that newcastle's bought would any of them have come in and improved our current side our current first team I've not even looked at who Newcastle's bought, so I'm asking a question genuinely for an answer. I don't think they bought a striker. They bought Dunn as they a, a defensive. They bought Chris Woods, yeah, yeah, and they tried to yeah, get Chris another Wood. striker. In. Yeah, but yeah, you're all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chris, go, Chris Wood. Yeah. So Newcastle buying Newcastle have got to buy the standard of player that's going to remove them from rele- relegation positions in the table. We already have that standard of player. We're looking for a standard of player that's going to get us into Europe. I, I differ slightly once again in that. I think that top six will do for me. I'd see that as progression. I can fully understand Arsenal fans wanting to see us back in the Champions League because that's where we all want to be and that's understandable. But you've got to remember, I think, that Newcastle, and it'd be interesting to get Dan's view and Albert's view, Newcastle are buying players to get them of a standard that gets them out of a relegation zone. Arsenal already have those players. We already have that. We want players that are going to get us into the so, Sorry. Sorry, Trev. I just had a message pop up from Joe Tester. She says on my Facebook, she came along and said, um, I'm liking, I'm not liking this, Fergus. I can't bloody comment on the YouTube link because they said I've planned, I planned it all. Bath, face mask, the whole thing. Clicked on the link and she clicked on the wrong link. She clicked on <laughs> the link that lets you join the show. So <laughs> she nearly ended up joining the show, sitting in the bath. Sorry, Joan, if you are listening. Um, yeah, we, we, you, you can comment if you go onto the YouTube link. It's, it's quite easily done. But um, we're trying to keep it on one platform so everyone can talk, talk together. Um, Sorry, Dan, did you have any questions for, for Albert? Um, not so much questions. I just wanted to, to kind of add a further point to, to what Albert said. Albert, you said about making signings to lift fans. And I understand that. I, I get what you're saying. I think, you know... Not M- necessarily that, because I saw someone drop in the um, yeah. comments. And look, we're not... <laughs> but the, the, the club's not going to buy players to lift the fans. I'm talking in the sense that as a fan of the club mm-hmm. or whatever club you support. I mean, for example, Dan, like... I've seen when um, Ramsey went to Rangers, I saw how excited the fans were. That's what I mean. I'm not talking about yeah. the, the club buying players to please us. That, that's yeah. never going to happen. Yeah. 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 Well, what I think the problem we have is, is that in January, it, the, it's not a window where you can go and get the players you want. It's you get what's available. 
Mm. And I think that's why they went for Vlahovic, for example, because he was somebody who was available. He was He's on a, a long list of strikers that Arsenal were interested in. There was obviously a lot of talk about Alexander Izak, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Jonathan David. Th- those three, Izak with his release clause, probably available. I think £75 million for a striker who's scored four goals all season doesn't represent good value for money. Mm. I think somebody like Calvert-Lewin and, and David would work perfectly in Arsenal's system and, and would bring the goals that we need, but they weren't available in January. So I'd much rather the club keep that money for the summer. We're in a good position now. I, I understand that fans are frustrated that we've not brought somebody in to improve, but it's January. There's very little chance you are going to sign somebody who will improve the team. You look at Denis Suarez you know, a few years ago when he came in in January and he played, what, 60-odd minutes? That Those are the kind of signings you end up making. It's just not worth the money. So I think, you know, waiting until the summer e- is, is the correct yeah, equally, thing to do. Sorry, sorry Fergus, e- go on. I'd say equally, Dan, you, could, you can sign somebody on loan for Real Madrid um, in, in Odegaard, um, mm. who we've now signed for half the money on a full-time contract, and he's improving yeah. and grown in confidence. Yeah, but how, how often, you know, think about the January signings we've made in the past, Fergus. How often has that happened? You look at players who've no, had Suarez. It's normally with broken, ba- broken well, back well, players. Well, he's <laughs> players like Suarez, Kallström, um, Yeah, you know, it's just, they're players who, who aren't going to improve a team that are trying to challenge for Europe. They're just not, they're not the kind of players we need. So I'd much rather take the take the take the money we've got now and invest it in the summer. I think it's a much much more worthwhile thing to do. Albert, with seventeen games left, is this squad good enough to get where in the league for you? Um, I was asked at the start of the season where Arsenal would finish, and I said if what I saw to the back end of last season, and actually probably it's a good question you ask me now when I'm looking at what I've seen this season. Um, I think we'd be lucky to get top eight, mate. And that's wow. strange to say that. Yeah, because I but it's the thing is, don't get me wrong, the chance is there to get top four, but I don't think the squad's good enough. And I said that if they don't address the uh, attacking side of the team, they're not going to get it. And they won't. Would you would you consider bringing in uh, Super Jack Wilshire on a pay as you play? Would that would that help get the squad over that line? I personally wouldn't do that. I get the nostalgia behind it and the sentiment behind it, but I think we need to leave sentiment to one side <laughs> for quite a few times, to be honest, with Arsenal players. So no. no, I wouldn't be on board for that. There's there's no place for sentiment in football. Um, no, yeah, absolutely no. not. Yeah. Well, if, so, if he yeah. wasn't cut out for the standard of West Ham or Bournemouth in the Championship... Then why is he going to come and help why, us? Why is he going to be up, up to the standard we need? Yeah, good you point. Know, he, he, was, he was great back in the day, but it's, I think you know his time's been and gone, unfortunately. Time's moved on, man. Yeah. You don't ask for fans. There you go. So, so expand expand another ever so slightly. Do you think it's a good influence to have around the uh, the, the training ground, Dan? Yeah, I think he's a brilliant influence to have around the training ground. But I don't I don't think he'd be up to the standard on the pitch. I think he's someone who has come through the club and he understands what it means to play for Arsenal. And you know he he's got that experience and that wisdom to impart on the younger players. You know I think especially people like Smith Rowe. Saka, and then further down, Charlie Patino. I think, you know, there's a lot of similarities between the two of them. Um, so, yeah, I think he's a really good influence to have around. And he did an interview, I think it was yesterday, where he's talking about, you know, the influence that he's able to have on these younger players and how he's improved as a coach as well. So maybe there is a future for him at the club, but I don't think it's it's on the playing staff, unfortunately. Trevor, questions? Well, I think the boys are dead right about... About Jack Wilshere, I think the world of Jack Wilshere is Arsenal through and through. But um, 
he, he shouldn't play for Arsenal again. It'd be only sentiment that got him in the side. But Albert made a really interesting point, you know, about buying players to um, to in, you know to increase the volume from the fans and excite the fans. Um, and and you don't do that. Uh, you don't do that um, intentionally. But I honestly think that this season, this season, the reason we've seen better atmospheres at the Emirates is because of the type of player we've got. It's it's crystal yeah, clear point. to the fans. It's crystal clear to the fans that we've got players in our side that want to play for our football club. You know, we've mentioned them earlier: Ramsdale, White. You know, Tierney. You know, even Lacazette pumps the fans up, you know. And and when you, when when the fans see players putting in that amount of effort on the field, they're going to reciprocate from the stands. It's going to happen. And that is why you've seen such an increased atmosphere at the Emirates this season, because these players apparently appear and look like they're really trying to play for the Arsenal. So, Albert, you're right, mate, in what you say. It's a two-way thing, you know, fans and players playing well. Sure. Uh, Albert... So, um, a final question. Um, so, if you look at Arsenal's window, you give it a zero. Um, and then uh, it seems that, and not necessarily I'm saying, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but a lot of the fan base blame Mikhail Arteta for the the so-called poor window in, in certain people's views. Um, would Woodward or Levy... Would they not be the people who get blamed if Spurs are Man United are you know the, 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 for people for Klopp won't get blamed, Conti won't get blamed if they have a poor signings, will they? So why is Arteta coming into such heat? Oh, there's there's a fair few of, on on Edu's case. Don't don't worry about that. But um, no, I know oh, what you mean. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm there. I'm there. Because <laughs> you know what it is. I've said this on your channel before. Where people have made up their mind about Mikel Arteta probably 12, eight, the last 12 months, irrespective of whatever Arsenal do in terms of form on the pitch, they they don't want him here. So that's where a lot of that comes from. He's he's the bear, he's the, he's going to bear the brunt of it. It's like even, I, I get Arsenal fans being disappointed with the transfer window. I was, I, was, I wasn't happy to transfer window. And, you know, the two American boys we signed, Trusty and um, Matt Turner, it's not their fault. You know, they've got a dream to play for Arsenal, but Arsenal fans are sort of taking out their frustration on them. But, uh, yeah, it, Arteta, you can blame in terms of, or you can look at in terms of what was the situation as to why we let Maitland-Niles go when he did, knowing the shortage in terms we had in midfield, because to me was crazy. And I'm not a fan of Maitland-Niles, by the way. But for me, from a logical sense of view, of view, point of view, you have to look at Mikel Arteta for that, um, but yeah, Fergus. Just a, yeah, just a... why? 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 Because what? What? What should Mikel have jumped up and down and go? He can go, but go at the end of January. Is that what you're saying? Now, what I heard is a lot of people saying that you, at least if you're gonna if if you're gonna keep it, if you can try and keep him for a bit longer, because like I said, that game against Nottingham Forest. I mean, you know, I felt sorry for Patino to be honest with you. Because you can look at a game like that, and Maitland-Niles have been ideal for that. Whether that you know in the covering in the yeah, midfield yeah. area, because we had we had a shortage of players, and, and we knew what if that's the problem. I think you've got Fergus is that we knew what was happening this season in terms of the Afcon um, tournament going to be happening around the time it was, and Arsenal being in the position that it was, and what as, as well the thing is with the last couple of seasons and the COVID and the you know 
players having to miss games because of that. It's a very different, different season. And Arsenal have a, uh, you know, a thin squad as it is. As people rightly say, we are a couple of injuries or COVID cases away from being really in the mire. And that, and that, I think, was a lot of the problem with um, some probably Arsenal's fans' views in terms of the window. Um, mm. I'll be honest, like I said, Fergus, I think whether you're an Arsenal fan, I said this so many times in the last couple of days, whether you was extremely overly positive, just for the sake of being positive or ridiculously negative, I even I was surprised they didn't bring anybody in. And that's no disrespect to two American guys that have come in. I was generally yeah. shocked. And I think even the most sort of intelligent people, broadcasters and journalists who were Arsenal fans were like, you know what, about 72 hours out, I don't think anything's going to happen, you know. For when they resign no. themselves to it, they're like, I'm thinking, wow, I think there's, we're not going to get anyone in. And it was confirmed. I I, I, I agree, because I said earlier, I, I just wanted somebody who could score goals. And I, I thought that was the area we needed to address first and foremost. And my mind was made up after the Burnley game when I saw Lacazette Working really, really, really hard, but he just hasn't got the legs to get from so deep in the in the midfield. Mm. Dan, look at the comment below from James Power. If if success and winning are the manager to take all the plaudits, should it also be vice versa? Um, I think a manager plays plays a big part in, in a team's success, but there's a lot more to it. You know, there's there's the people behind the scenes. I think Edu is is you know, key, and if there is to be a test, he will be key to that in terms of bringing in the right players. I think the, the players themselves as well, you know, having a, a spirit and a togetherness and being a unit rather than a team of individuals is important. So I don't, I don't think it all it all falls on the manager. And I, I, I agree with, with Albert. I think he said at the start about, you know, there, there are people out there who want to give Arteta grief regardless because yeah. they just don't want him to be there. I, I get, I get that. Uh, I, I get that, you know, a lot on Twitter. You read the comments and it's just people who, who don't want him there. And it doesn't matter how well he's going to do. But, you know, he, he came in and won the FA Cup within six months. I think that, you know, that shows that there is there is something there and that we are slowly building something. I think we've seen an improvement throughout the from this season on last season. And I think we are we are slowly getting there. Trevor, final comments before we close? Well, do you know what? Albert's... It's been nice having having these guests on tonight because we've had so many different views and so many different opinions, and every one of our guests has got my mind going off on a different <laughs> tangent, thinking about you know, thinking about the, the transfer window. I'll be getting the text at midnight going, Albert was right on this. Albert was right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It's I, I once again, I'm not necessarily agreeing with everybody, but ideally, this transfer window. We'd get rid, got rid of everybody that we did, and we'd have got bought two players in, and we'd have bought in a striker and a midfield player for me, and I'd have been comfortable, very comfortable with that. And it's a way of showing the improvement we've got and, and how close we are. Right, it's, I was watching Harry Simeu, great lad Harry Simeu, sits very near me in Block Seven in the Emirates, and I often have a, a big chat with Harry at the games. And he was on the BBC earlier, and he was talking about our great club and. He, he pointed out a key point he made. They made it was a point that we made on here a few weeks ago. Actually, I'm not saying that Harry nicked it, but we made the point in that the improvements have come this year. In a, 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 a winning team, right? A top team needs a top goal scorer banging in 20, 25, 30 goals a season. Then you need two or three players around them chipping in, right? 
We've had none of that last few years. We've struggled. We have, we've, our youngsters have developed into the two or three that chip in. You know, you've got, you've got Saka will score you a few. You've got Smith Rowe is the top goal scorer for us this season. You've got Martinelli, who's, who's finally broken through this season and showing that he's going to score us some goals. So looking at that, when I look at that, I think to myself, looking at it from that perspective, we're one player short. We're a striker. We're a 20-25 goal a season striker short of being a really, really good side. I'm, I'd like to see a midfielder as well, but I do think we're really close. And as much as I'm desperate to see us bring in somebody else, but you're right, mate, we desperately needed to bring in a striker and another player in this window. And I was gutted when we didn't. Gutted when we didn't. Mm. But I was also pleased that we didn't bring in... I'm going to name a few names. I was pleased that we didn't bring in a Welbeck or a, a Willian, you know, or someone that's not going to lift to, to do what we need yeah. to do, you know? So, Albert, you're right. We needed to bring players in, and I agree with you. But I'm also thinking we didn't bring in people that are, that are not worth bringing in. So, you know, you know, make your own mind up, really, everybody out there, yeah. isn't it? You know, you know, it's it's six of one and a half thousand the other. Uh, uh, Albert, um, tell people where they can find you. You have your own channel and you do some other stuff for some other channels as well. I do. I'm here, I'm here there and everywhere, Fergus, mate. Flipping hell. <laughs> no, but no, pleasure. Thank you for having me on, man. It's good to see you guys again, man. Uh, uh, nice to meet you, as well. Yeah, good people, you, got my own channel, um, Albert JTV. Come and subscribe, people, on the road to 1K, as they say. And um, my Twitter handle is right next to it, at AUMO57. So come and check us out, people. Albert, take care, yeah, mate. Thank I'll be seeing you again, mate. Definitely, man. Thank Definitely. you, mate. Cheers, Cheers, mate. Cheers. See you take later. Care. Thanks, Bye. mate. Bye. Top man, Albert. Top man. Top um, man. One thing I wanted to share before we go is along uh, we talked about the history channel uh the not the history channel the arsenal history um podcast uh, if you go on to our youtube channel you can see on here you go to the playlists this is uh effectively you got uh the history intro which is just a, an overall one which is the second one down and then you got plumstead to highbury you got the chapman era You've got the you know, 35 to 53, which covers the war and some really interesting stuff there about uh, what happened at Highbridge during the war. Then we've got 53 to 86, which was basically right up until uh, uh, George Graham, then George Graham to, to 96. And then we had the Wenger era and then 2018 and beyond. Check it out uh, if, if, if you like people and um, let us know what you think. Uh, and while you're on there, if you like the channel, click uh, like on the button. We do this with, as a hobby. Uh, we are Arsenal fans just like you. Um, and uh, we're not here for we're not here for like fame and fortune. We're just here to to enjoy uh, following and supporting our, our, our great club. Dan, any final thoughts? Um, just, just been a pleasure to be here, boys. I've really enjoyed it. It's been nice to, uh, as Trev said, get a lot of different views and opinions on the Arsenal. I think it's a uh, transfer window is obviously a time where there are a lot of different opinions thrown around. But I think we, we, we've all spoken and heard a lot of sense tonight. And tell people about this. Even Ferg. Um, uh, well, I say, I say all of us. Yeah, maybe not. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, going to fans is going really well at the moment. Um, you know, it's been really good having fans back in the stadium and, and been able to give out physical copies to, to people at the ground as well as our, our brilliant subscribers. 
but yeah, we're just really grateful for the for the ongoing support and appreciation for the Guna. It's obviously uh, been going for more than three decades now, and and it's become somewhat of an institution. So uh, it's it's a real privilege to to be involved in that and, and see it going from strength to strength at the moment. And let people know how they can follow you uh, on Twitter. Yeah, so it's uh, Guna Fanzine on Twitter, and you can if you want to become a subscriber, you can head to our website, which is the uh, onlineguna.com. Um, we've got a store section where you can buy a subscription or if you're at a game we've got plenty of sellers around um, multiple different places around the Emirates so yeah go and find one of them and, and get, get, you, get your Guna, get you, and you, Guna. Know, you know what's really good about it, it it's got people yeah. like Dan on there and it, it's also got uh, like Ben who does his bit but there's yeah. there's bits like people just like us like Ruth Beck who two or three years ago started uh, drawing and, and, and mm. painting and she's got a very yeah. unique style and if you go into Trevor's living room, it's it's everywhere. He doesn't yeah. even have pictures of his grandkids up anymore. He's just got Ruth Beck art everywhere. Yeah, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's so many brilliant Arsenal creatives out there and, and you know, we want to give them the opportunity to show off their work. People like Ruth Beck, who, who do some brilliant stuff. So it's always great to uh, to give them the platform to, to show off what they do. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I don't mention Ruth because I, I, if I buy one more thing from Ruth Beck and put it on my wall, my missus is going to have <laughs> Thank you. Do us a favour, please. Can you check the records tomorrow? Because I think my subscription is due for renewal, mate. I'm not sure if it's... Do you, do you drop out a reminder when this subscription... Uh, to be honest, I'm in no way involved in the admin. I'm merely involved in production. So uh, if, 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 you, if you want to find out Leif is the man to go to, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't help you with that, unfortunately, Trent. <laughs> It's on direct debit, I thought. I thought it was paid on direct debit. Well, some, some, yeah, a lot of them have been moved over. There are some, I, again, I'm not 100% sure on this. I'm in no way involved in the admin. That's not uh, not my calling card. <laughs> right. No, that's, that's fine. Trevor, yeah. any final words before we close this off? Yeah, do you know what, Ferg? I'm going to add me 10 penny now, mate, right? Because I've, I've been, I've, it's been, it's been good tonight. It's been really good. And we've shown how people with differing opinions and views and how you just see the same thing, right? But you see it differently, you know? Um, I can get on and actually have a conversation. And this some sometimes on social media, I see this incessant, incessant need to complain and moan about my great football club, right? And sometimes it annoys me, Fergus. Like, you'll get one day someone will say, we've got all this dross players that we're not got in our side that can't get a game. So we sell a load of them and the following day they're moaning because we've sold them all, you know, or we get a win. We get, we have a great performance against Man City, albeit we lose and Arteta's brilliant. And the next day we play another side and Arteta's rubbish, you know, and, and these, these people, if they're going to be fans of the Arsenal for 40 years, they're probably going to spend 35 of them years moaning about us. Well, just remember, football's a game about enjoyment. We all watch it, right? To enjoy football, even if you don't see what what, even if you don't see good stuff on the field, still enjoy the day going to the ground, meeting your mates, right? Don't spend all your life moaning and getting your bloody blood pressure up because we've not played well, or we've not bought a player, or we've not sold a player, or the beer's crap. Just enjoy the day. It's football. It's a hobby. That's what we do for us. It, you know, the beer so is just crap, though. Stop moaning yeah. enjoy it, you know, and enjoy the day, regardless of what happens. And I'm in a good mood because I've just booked my first European trip for two years. Not been on an away game in Europe since February 2020. It, we were away at um, Olympiacos and 
if I'm honest, I, I, I don't watch much women's football. I don't know why. I just don't watch women's football. I'm not. That, that's not an insult to it. That's just me. What I do. But we have booked up. Me and my mate Terry. We've booked up. We're off to Wolfsburg at the end of March to watch the Arsenal ladies in the European Cup. We're going to cheer them on, hopefully, to a big victory. I don't think I'll remember because I'll be drunk. But do, we are going to cheer them on to a good victory. Do they, have a, they don't have a seven-story nightclub in there, do they? A what? A seven-story nightclub in Wolfsburg. I wouldn't have a clue, but if there is one there, I can assure you I'll probably find it, Fergus. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'll let Donna know. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> you have been watching an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans, Dan, Trevor, and all our guests who joined yes, us tonight. Sir. Thank you very much. Yes, really man. enjoyed it. Up the Arsenal. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. We're still live, Fergus.